step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. There's a hole in my heart, my soul is bleeding, I need to free my
The Empire is a place where I talk, you talk, but everybody gets to talk. It's where you can speak openly, honestly, and without worry or hesitation about being politically correct. It's your forum to discuss what matters to you and to me. Individual expressions are boring and they can create nothing but a monologue. Who wants to know all about just me? I want to know about you. So if you want to tell it like it is, the empire is where it's going to go down. Check Facebook or my website for show times and days as those days and times may change. For more information, contact me at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com or by my website at www.TheEmpress.com. For when the empire speaks, the empress listens. Hey! Honey, honey, yes, this is the Empire. It is yours truly, the Empress Cooper. We're here tonight to talk about today being October the 1st. We got 30 more days of this type of celebration, memorial, uh, educational experience here on the Empire, and we're going to try to get it in. We have a guest tonight, Mr. Sean, and let me try to get it correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sean Fayol. Fayon. It's Fayon. You're close, though. Okay, Mr. Bayon, and and listen, I'm going to tell you already, I know that these lines are lit up for a whole different reason. They just want to put a voice to their face, but I'm thankful that you're here with me tonight, Mr. Bayon. Yeah, I have a few little, you know, things that I like to do. I like to give applause where it's due. And, you know, we're going to talk about domestic violence tonight. And, again, I will say that this month of October is particularly special to me for a lot of different reasons, one of which – Uh, The most important, which has nothing to do with tonight's topic, this is the month my mother was born. I lost my mother in June of this past uh, past June, and her birthday is on the 18th. So um, I was kind of hesitant about doing anything this month. I was like, I don't know if I really want to do anything. But one of the things that I know that she knew was that, you know, there are some platforms that are especially important to me that I want to share what I've learned in my life and my life experience with other people. And she knew that this was my platform. It is Domestic Violence Awareness Month as well as Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Now, I, I got ragged by a female on a on one of the social feeds. She was like, it is not, this is Breast Cancer Month. Okay, I have breasts too. Uh, breast cancer is important to me. But both of the topics tonight are not just for women. You know, men can get breast cancer. I don't know. Did you know that, Sean, men can get breast cancer and men are affected just as much with domestic violence? as our women. Did you know that? I'm pretty sure you knew that. Uh, I, I did know about the uh, the domestic violence uh, being uh, afflicted on, upon men, but not so much in the uh, males getting breast cancer. So that was uh, yes, kind of that, a new one for me. Yeah, and all you have to do is have tissue mammary tissue in, in, in your chest area, and, of course, you've heard of, you know, and I know some people make fun of men having boobs or having man boobs, but if you have enough mammary tissue in your chest as a male, you can, too, get breast cancer. Men have had just as many mastectomies as women for different reasons, and these causes tonight are not just for the woman, but in particular, domestic violence. 
uh, is a focus that has always been attributed globally to the female partner being more often the victim than not. And before we get into the topic tonight, I, I, I was at my desk actually talking to you, Sean, and we were talking about tonight's show when I had got this feed about this shooting that occurred in Oregon. Now, this is violence. This is violence that is growing. This is violence that has gotten almost out of control, gun, gun violence that has almost tripled the amount just in this year from the beginning of January to now. There have been 8,512 gun violence deaths where just from the years 1970, to 2014, mm-hmm. there were only 3,521. Like something's like mad wrong with with uh, a lot of things and the demographic. I mean, it's <clears> everywhere. <throat> it's not just in one point of the world. Are they having that kind of issue, or are you having that kind of issue in your part of the world, Sean, with violence or those types of things being reported, gun, gun violence in particular? Well, I, I currently reside in um, Houston, Texas, and so that. There are um, killings all the time that, that involve guns, but not necessarily to the extent of the mass murderings that you see taking place mm-hmm. in schools and churches and whatnot. Um, these appear to be a little more uh, random happenstance mm-hmm. sort of situations, mm-hmm. you know, where one person, he, he basically, he or she loses it and they take it out on the person that's immediate to them. The mm-hmm. the stuff that we're seeing around the nation appears to be, or at least made to appear to be, a little more hate-based. You mm-hmm. know, it's a little more hate-driven, you know, in my opinion, from what I see, because they're singling out groups. When you go into a church, mm-hmm. there there is something there. You, you didn't just take on the the local government. You didn't take on the police department. You didn't take on the, the people who take care of the, the zoning for the housing. You went into a place of worship and sanctuary. So yeah. there is, in order to step into a place like that where, where things are solemn and calm and people are at peace, people are, you know, celebrating, they're rejoicing, that that's, a, that's a happy place, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. happy. It should be a right. joyous place, but a happy place. And you can walk into a happy place and find yeah the gall, the nerve, the you know, the the steel that it takes to kill people in that mm. environment. I mean to me that's right. to me that's just as bad as walking into a Chuck E. Cheese and right. you know you know, firing off rounds, you know, at random at people there those are children. They're innocent. What mm-hmm. what did they do? And when you walk into a church, there are children mm-hmm. there. You may not like mm-hmm. the priest or the priest or the pastor or the, the the deacon or any other members of the administration of that church, so be it. But there are people there who are innocent, who have nothing to do with your cause. And, right. you know, and, you just, you know, murder them in cold blood. So Right. And, and, and to date, right now, we still don't know anything except for that there was a 20-year-old student of the school. The school is Umpqua Community College there in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Went into the school. Yeah. They have recovered a. They recovered three pistols and one rifle, and we know confirmed that there are at least ten people dead. There were up to twenty, um, aside from those dead who were injured. Uh, that number is changing. And but one thing I will say, and to tie that into tonight's topic, tonight topic 
tonight's topic is domestic violence and domestic abuse. You know, domestic violence takes on many forms. And just to get started, I wanted to define it because a lot of people are not really clear about what it is. They have certain requirements. And I will say this, a lot of people who have who are part of the empire who know my personal story and my personal uh, triumph, I'm going to say, because it's something that you carry for the rest of your life, I think. Um, when you are a victim of domestic violence, it takes on its own embodiment. It's recognized in those circumstances. But the truth is, is that domestic violence comes in so many different forms and in so many different platforms and affects so many more people than just the victim that people are not really recognizing it for what it is. Let me first define it, and then you can then tell us how uh, uh, you define it yourself, Sean. Domestic violence, just by Wikipedia, says that it is a pattern of behaviors that involves violence or abuse by one person against another in a domestic setting, such as a marriage or or by cohabitation. It usually involves an intimate partner. Uh, it can take on the forms of physical, verbal, emotional, economic, sexual, and even more subtle types of uh, forms like uh honor killings, dowry deaths, and those sorts of things. It did, though, include, ironically, the church and school as potential intimate settings or intimate relationships because those mm -hmm. groups of people are, you know, are in a, in a setting that is very similar to what we saw, you know, there in Oregon. They're not intimate mm -hmm. in the realm of relationship that, you know, they go together, but they are in school, so they're in that setting a, a, a substantial amount of time together, and so this can kind of fall under domestic violence. How do how do you define more simply uh, what domestic violence is in a man's stance? I would have to, first. I, I wholeheartedly agree with the with the definition that they gave. But if I had to place it in similar uh, simple simple terms, I would say mm -hmm. that it is any form of oppression, whether it is physical or verbal, emotional, mental, spiritual, any form of oppression of one's spouse, significant other, life partner, mm -hmm. and or mate, that's, you mm -hmm. know, that's how I would have to, to define it. And a lot of people don't realize, sadly, a lot of people don't realize when they are victims of domestic abuse. I mean, the obvious ones are when they're getting hit on. And a lot of those, mm -hmm. you know, they, they still make excuses, you know, or try to justify or they justify it based on whatever beliefs he instilled in them, you know, convinced them that it was their fault or it's things that they're not doing or things that they should stop doing that would keep him from doing that. When the truth is there's absolutely nothing they can do to prevent him, he or she, from doing it. But right. it comes in so many different forms. I mean, a, mm -hmm. person, can, a person can verbally abuse you without ever – raising their voice with without ever cursing you out with without using what what are known as blatantly derogatory terms and phrases they can do mm -hmm. it in, in in the coolest calmest fashion mm -hmm. and, and belittle and demean someone is it not I'm true sorry? to that that very definition that you just gave because we, we began our discussion, me and you, we were talking about the differences between domestic violence, uh, what people understand it to be male versus female, and I think that is the best example of what 
I think uh, both men and women um, say uh, domestic violence is. But do you not think that that very type, the humiliation, what they call threats of violence, use of words, gestures, motions, weapons, Mm -hmm. not even having to carry it out, that's a form of domestic abuse. Do you think that women do that as well? Because women abuse men too now, like, Women abuse men absolutely too, but it's usually related to something physical. Could you touch on that a little bit? Because we kind of talked about um, that when we when we talked about uh, the differences between men and women. Well, I definitely think that you know women, that there are women out there who abuse men, and especially if the man is either passive or he is a little fearful, or on the other end, which is worse is if he has an extreme sense of honor and chivalry. If he's raised mm-hmm. as such to never place his hands on a woman, which I in no way, shape, or form condone hitting a woman right. ever. Right. If she knows that about him, if she finally figures it out that he will never raise his hand to her, if she is the mm-hmm. type of person who will commit that sort of abuse, now she knows that she's free to push all of his buttons. She is free to say and do anything that she wants. She's free to put her hand in his face, to push him, to slap him, to punch him, to strike him with an object, to call him names, to, you know, demean everything about him that is considered masculine and get away with it. Mm-hmm. And and it's all in the sake of, you know, for his honoring his teachings and that you don't hit a woman because you know that mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, the average man paired against the average woman it's you know she's at a disadvantage, so he knows that hey man I could I could probably knock her out, but I'm not going to do that because because I know that I'm capable of it. I should not do that because that's how I was raised. And you know right. there's nothing worse than letting a criminal know that there's no consequence for committing a crime. Right. And there's nothing worse than letting someone who is an abuser uh, know that there is no consequence for the abuse. Mm-hmm. Now I will say this, and I before and this isn't shocking to the empire we've had the show before about violence uh, we talked about violence when it was in the headlines when it was about the celebrities who were fighting each other it was about the celebrities who were killing each other it was about the celebrities who were like jacking each other up in the elevator now it's it, this is one issue just like uh, breast cancer it can affect you regardless of how much money you uh, have, where you live in the world, what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. But I do say this, I, I, I don't condone either, but I can understand, when, and, and, and I'm just speaking as a woman, you can, you know, give me the male perspective on it. A woman who who knows these things or not, I don't care what you know, but if you think that you can put your hands on a man and he is just because he is male, not going to put his hands on you, you're going to get your ass beat. That's just what's going to happen. I think that a lot of women get a pass for being aggressive. This whole independent, you can't tell me what to do, I make the money in the house. And, see, I was never that type of woman, and I still got my behind kicked. But it was because I didn't have enough self to want more for myself, to feel good about myself by myself. So I was, I would say I could – I was one of the women that you and I talked about that that's kind of you can smell the weakness on them, and I attracted that. Is there something that men know, or is there points where men are pushed to where they can be absolutely raised properly but still 
they hit back because they got hit. Is is that? Do you understand what I'm asking? It's, def- it's, it's definitely possible. You know, you take the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back, right? So mm-hmm. the 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 patience and poise that a man has under duress varies from person to person, and, and it depends on their history, their life's experiences, their success throughout those types of situations. You know, the the, mm-hmm. the more they may have seen it and been around it and, and maneuvered through it and passed it and walked away from it, you know, the better they're going to be at handling that. But mm-hmm. if if a woman does that with a guy who may have been abused by his father or his mother or saw it in the house, she's probably going to get knocked out. And it won't take a long time. I mean, again, I don't condone it. I don't think that it's right. But, you know, there there is a point of no return. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, before- and there are certainly things. And with men, the biggest thing you can do to a man is mm-hmm. question his manhood. When you wow. begin to dismean, to demean his masculinity, because that's that's what defines us: our masculinity, our confidence. You know, the if he's an alpha male or or a beta, mm-hmm. those are areas that you don't tread on because that makes him who he is. That is an integral part of him. And when mm-hmm. you do that, you're crossing. You're crossing. You know, you're behind enemy lines when you do that. And again, I'm not saying the guy is right for hitting her at all. Let me, I'm mm-hmm. going to constantly repeat that. He's not right for hitting her right. at all. But right. if she continues to do that, when mm-hmm. he does, when she mm-hmm. finally breaks him, mm-hmm. there is no, there is no restraint. There is no right. metering or restriction on what she's going to get. It is mm-hmm. a total unknown. It is a radical. Mm-hmm. So what happens? He may turn around and just verbally snap off. He may, right. you know, toss her the finger and say, you know what? I'm done with you. You're crazy. I'm gone. He may do that. Mm-hmm. He may give her one smack and say, sit down. Then again, he may he may spin around with a backhand from Hades <laughs> and send her flying into a wall. It's You right. don't know what you're going to get when you do that. Right. And no. I, I would advise... Any any man or woman, if they find themselves in a situation with someone who likes to push buttons and play unfair and hit below the belt, you know, verbally, emotionally, and whatnot, walk away. Mm-hmm. Walk away as soon as you can. Walk away. Do not look back because the situation right. is only going to get ugly. Right. And we, we got people on the line. And, and just so that you know, I identify you who are on the line. I open up your line by the last four digits of your phone number. So when you hear the last four digits of your phone number, that means I have opened up your line. You should be able to hear me introduce yourself. If you'd like, tell us what you have to add to the conversation or ask questions of our guests. And I know that there are people here who have already learned something because, you know, these are some things that you would think people understand or would uh, know for sure. But I think the, the the lesson that I learned having been a victim and having lived that and being able to verbalize that, it saved me from being a casualty. Because I'm telling you, when you don't participate in this conversation that is absolutely related to all of us, whether you were the victim or not or whether you're just a neighbor, you participate by saying nothing at all. You know, they have this new initiative of the black dot in the hand 
initiative that mm-hmm. they've been doing on social media where you show that. That was one of the ways that a survivor was able to give a, a, a signal to other people because she couldn't form the words. And some people say she wanted to be hit. Hell no. It's not something that any human being would want to be because it makes you feel inhumane to be uh, treated less than. And that's not, you don't even have to touch a person to take away the inner um, humanity that they have. And the closest people to you are the last people who should do that to you, but that's exactly what domestic violence is. And 9488, you're on the air. Can you hear me? And do you have a question for Mr. Sean? Nine four eight eight. And see, I can't tell you what your number is, but I have opened up your line, and if that's the last four digits of the phone number that you're calling in on nine four eight eight, if you'd like to have something to say, please say it now, or just say uh, I don't have anything to say. And I think that's what they're telling me by saying nothing. Okay, let's try five five eight one five five eight one. Are you there? And can you hear me? Yes, I'm here. I can hear you. Good evening. I agree with uh, everything that's been said this evening. The only thing that I might take issue with is that I think that one thing Sean said just in his last comment, I think there might be a few men who might choose to meet her to govern their response and not just unleash everything they have on some woman. But uh, it, it could build up to that point if uh, he's taken abuse for some time and, and she just pushed a button and, and that was it. He just went, uh, you know, it, she crossed that threshold. I've known some men who have been victims of domestic violence, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, it, oddly enough, they were, they were large men whose, whose wives were significantly smaller than they were. And mm-hmm. um, it was, I, I was much younger and I, I was in my 20s when I, I learned about that, and I, I thought that was so strange. This guy was like 6'5", and his wife was like 5'4", and 115 pounds. But she would, mm-hmm. she was violent. She would throw things at him. She would hit him. She would she would um, embarrass him. Um, I, I agree with what you all were saying about being able to, re, to uh, like, oppress someone verbally without raising a voice um, mm-hmm. just with a few calm, seemingly cool and calm words. There, there are movies that have been done where we've seen that. Um, and it is a sense of, it is a, a control mechanism. And it is despicable. Yeah, as despicable as it is. But what do you to say about that, Sean? Because I, I'm a woman, and I'm going to tell you. I, you know, I'm trying to, I'm, I, am, I am not trying. I am a woman. Okay, and for me to even simulate masculinity is just a gag for me. I get a gag. For a man who tolerates a woman from what we just described, what's going on with that guy? Or is there anything other than he's a broken person just like a female would be? What What do you have to say to that? Uh, so first I do, do want to go back and reiterate, um, if I miss stated um, my points earlier, I didn't want to give the impression that if a guy does snap that it's just, you know, World War III, but it could be up to that. You never know what you're going to get. 
you know. So right. when a woman pushes those buttons, you know, it, it could be just a, hey, I really wish you would stop that. Or, you know what, sit down, you crazy broad. Or, you know, or then again, it may be he may turn around and, you know, cold cocker. But you never know what you're going to get. So some men can meet her, some can't. Some are incapable. And then at times, you know, when that rage comes out, who knows how you're going to handle it. It may be the first time you've ever experienced it, so you don't know. You know, so, so and that's it. That's um, to address that. On the other end, I do think with with people who, for the for the larger guys who are with smaller women, and they allow them to do that, I'm not going to necessarily say that those guys may be broken. You know, think of the uh-huh. term the gentle giant. You know, you think of a guy who's six nine and three hundred uh-huh. pounds. I mean, he's huge. He knows that he can hurt most people that he encounters in his life. So he may uh-huh. have learned throughout life to to develop some sort of restraint. At the same time, this person may have a uh, may have a soft spot for that other person. They may see that that woman that is abusive or you know belligerent as herself being broken, and he's trying to love her through that. So he's being patient or or maybe a little more tolerant, hoping that you know she sees that his patience and tolerance and control may at some point bleed over to her. That might be one of the situations. I'm not saying that that's all of them. That might be one of the situations. We don't know. But again, he could be broken. He could be a, a, a very huge teddy bear. He just, you know, a big Winnie the Pooh. You know, that, you know, he's just a pushover. He never stood up for himself, never did anything. So she realized that she could get away with certain things with him despite his size. And, you know, it. we we just can't say. You never know what's going on in a person's head. So right. in that I think sense, I, I, just, I really can't speculate. Mm-hmm. I think it's true to say that everyone can be pushed to this point because I was one of those persons who said out mm-hmm. of my mouth, and it, I cringe when I hear women say, I bet you uh, he ain't going to touch me. I know I am not going to be the one that he's going to hit, slap, push, talk crazy to. And the thing about it is, is it happens so subtly. It's never just, hey, I'm Mr. Crazy and I'm going to go crazy on you. You never get a preface <laughs> like that. Like, that doesn't happen. What happens is there's a point of entry of weakness either in the person or a point of uh, directed, intentional misguiding in, in the perpetrator to get into the world of that other person. And I think sometimes it's very unspoken. It's very subtle. Nobody just announces that that's what they're going to do. 5909, are you there and can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, did you have anything to ask of Mr. Yes, I can hear you. Do you have anything to ask of Mr. Sean or just to add to our uh, conversation about domestic violence awareness? Um. Nothing much to add as a person who has been the victim or the survivor of domestic uh, violence twice over. I just appreciate the conversation being opened up. Okay. And I will say this, uh, and I want to speak from a woman, and I want to ask Sean, too, at the same time about it. There is a level of recidivism. I have to say that very slow because it's not a hard word to say. It happens more often than people think. I've heard, and you hear this in all other types of conversation, you hear it about choosing the wrong mate. I choose the same kind of guy. He's just really, you know, they'll say stuff like he's really lazy. He he don't do nothing but cheat on me. But the same thing is true. Why is it that women, why do you think it is that women choose uh, 
domestically violent men continually. I have a theory of it. I'm just wondering if yours may be different from mine, Sean, because we kind of sort of talked about what attracts a person to a person that's obviously violent. What do you think it is, Sean? I'm of the belief that most people don't like getting their butt whipped. Right, they don't. I don't think they go into most people don't go into right. it looking. It's like you know, he looks like he could probably knock me into next week. That's the guy I want to go out with. I don't think most women want to do that, but but at the same time, you have women who are attract drama, and they're attracted to drama because because of the lack of attention they may have had in their lives. And, and that's only one aspect. I'm not saying that this is the do all end all of explanations, but I think that one of the biggest factors is if that woman continually does that and, and she's actively going out, you know, with these guys, these types of guys, is that mm-hmm. there's some void in her life that is filled. There's some echelon or area of attention that she's not getting, and she doesn't know how to get that attention any other way than to push mm-hmm. this guy's buttons. Because as long as he's there shouting and screaming at her and putting his hands on her and coming home and you know, worrying about what she's doing, chasing her down and doing these things, then she has his full attention. He's completely right. focused on her at that point. And she's willing to right. accept the beating to have right. someone focus on her. Now, that that's on one end of it. I think that mm-hmm. some women, mm-hmm. there are some women out in the world who may just have that, that, that total uh, negligence of attention and affection in their lives to the extent that, they will do whatever they have to do to get it, and especially if they've been exposed to it in the home, maybe maybe their mother or their sister or aunt or, you know, maybe grandmother, you know, was a victim of domestic uh, abuse, and they saw it. So now they saw this person function as right. the person getting abused, so they don't see it as being that bad, and they need that attention, so they'll do whatever right. they have to do. Now, on the other end, which I think happens more often than not, is mm-hmm. – the number of predators who are out there who have honed their skills at being able to spot a mm. passive, submissive woman who lacks that confidence and self-esteem, and she's not always yeah. the one with her arms folded and her, you know, her, you right. know, the little hump in her back with her head, you know, down low and <laughs> you know, her chin down in her chest. A lot of the times, right. it's the most beautiful one in the bunch. The one that dresses the, the the you know the best that has the best right. of everything. A lot of the times it's her, mm. and it, but and, and they're I, able to spot it. And, and I don't want to sound like we're jumping on the women or causing uh, or, or, or giving blame to the victims, who most times are women. The truth is, is that men too are abused, but they're less. They're even less likely to report abuse than are women. Um, we got a whole show on on OWN called Snapped, and they dedicate show after show after show after show of women who kill men. I mean, period. That, that's the theme of the show. You're going to see the woman. You're going to see some pretty pictures of them laughing and skinning and grinning at each other, and then at the end of the show, we're going to be doing an autopsy on the guy. So it's not like this is something that is solely uh, perpetuated on women. So I'm not just jumping on women, but I do want to talk about this uh, predatory passivity that women kind of have. And, and, and one of the major 
things that I think get skipped over a lot is the sexual abuse and the financial abuse. Those two types of abuse exactly. are more yeah. prevalent in women. They don't even know that they're being uh, abused. Could you explain that a little bit for those of the women who uh, may not have even known that that's a type of domestic abuse? And let's start with the sexual violence. Let me just first define it, and then you can kind of give us a better man uh, definition of it. Sexual violence is determined as sexual abuse not only includes forcing someone to have sex with them, but it includes someone able to, someone unable to refuse sex. Intimidation or influence is given uh, to have sex. Alcohol is often involved with that partner to have sex or the person feels compelled to have sex because uh, of not being able to take care of their basic needs, living, uh, financial needs, uh, mm-hmm. or being, you know, used in some sort of way. Explain that to us in man tone because women hear a lot, th- a lot of things a lot clearer from the guys when it comes to what we're succumbing to. And it is a, a part of this domestic violence talk. It's textbook manipulation and control. It's, it's okay. I can't explain it any any more simple than that. The the mm-hmm. guy finds he finds her weak point. A, mm-hmm. a guy who is who is a habitual abuser, manipulator, controller, control freak. Mm-hmm. He is all about power and control. It's what do I have to do to get her to do what it is I want. And if it's using the kids, if it's using church, some of the worst are the ones who come in holding the Bible, quoting Mm -hmm. quoting scriptures from the Bible, the woman's supposed to do this, supposed to do that. God will do this. He will damn you all to hell. You have those. You have the the ones that come in and say, you know, when I met you, you sitting out your third year of college. You went two years, oh. sat out your third year. You didn't have a job. I graduated. I had a career. You already had a child. I took you on. I paid the bills. I raised this kid. I, you know, and, and so they put a guilt trip on you, mm-hmm. and that's the worst mm-hmm. one. That That is the one that's most likely to – that one and spiritual are the two that are most likely to stick the longest. Wow. If you can make her feel guilty mm. for not giving you what you want, you pretty mm-hmm. much, you pretty much have, you, you pretty much are holding the strings. You gotta, you gotta. If if you yeah, can make her feel much, guilty, you you can do. If anything, you make her you feel guilty anything. for not doing what you want to do, you can manipulate mm-hmm. her to do just about anything. And the other end is, mm-hmm. um, you touched on it. It's financial, mm-hmm. especially women right. who become housewives, or if they have a job, their job is financially insignificant compared to the amount that their husband earns. The right. tables are so, un, you know, it's so unbalanced that even though she works, and she may work her butt off, if she's a school teacher in the state of Louisiana, which makes less than $40,000 a year, close to around thirty-five or so, and he works a job where he earns two hundred k a year, then it gives him that, uh-huh. that power. He has the potential to use that against her. She's like, I have a job. I work. He's like, that's a drop in the bucket. Uh-huh. Right. You earn thirty right. grand. And, and Take twenty six percent out of that. You know, what do you what do you earn? I spend more than that on drinks per year. <laughs> right. You know, I, I've uh, seen so, I mean he'll say things like that, you know, to be demeaning. 
have you seen these threads of the women who are celebrating that they are participants in that exact activity? They are not even the wife. They do this with women, uh, women's husbands. So if you have a side chick, and, and this is like a whole nother show, you have a side chick who's celebrating someone's husband, buying affection, buying a lifestyle, buying some freedoms. Can you imagine the amount of uh, domination and, and, and humiliation and control that's happening with the wife that's actually in the house? I mean, that's 90% of what I see on Snap. i got to stop watching Snap because – but it's so interesting <laughs> that this is – it's, it's so interesting because it is some – it's basic behaviors of control where you're manipulating control on a person, and sometimes they don't even know that it's happening. 84, 86, are you there, and can you hear me? Okay, hi. Did you have anything to add for Mr. Sean, or did you want to add something to our conversation so far? Oh, not yet. I was just listening in. I got it on mute because I got the little one in the back. Okay. And let me tell you something about the little one, and thank you so much for calling. I appreciate your calling into the show. What the children, let's talk about the children before we kind of wrap this up, because we also want to talk about Mr. Sean and what he's doing and how he even came to the platform of being an advocate for the voice of those who don't have one, because this is this is like, you know, I'm a nurse. This is like a silent heart attack. A lot of people don't even talk about domestic violence because, it's first of all, it's embarrassing. A lot of the times people don't want to even acknowledge that it's actually happening. But a large majority of women who actually, they, they say they're tolerated and they're just going through. They're just going to work through domestic violence. It's usually because there are children involved. Now, most of the situations don't necessarily have to have children, but a lot of those do, and we're mimicking those same things for uh, tolerance for our children. With the man stance, if you can go to the man stance for me, what makes a man feel like um, he has, because I know the roles of men, and I know some women don't understand that when we allow men to control us, it's confused with their appropriate place to be protectors and the authority of us in a family setting. That's a, that's what the cry is. I think I hear from women who say I'm staying because of the children. Mind you, I left because of mine because I said if I if I stay here, I'm going to teach them that this is right. And they were young enough. And I had this little old lady at my job. I never forget it. She said, "If you're going to leave, you need to leave right now." And I don't even know how she knew because I didn't tell her. She said, if you're going to leave, you need to leave right now before those children are able to articulate what they can feel right now, but they just can't say. And my children were two and a half and three, I think, at the time. Mm-hmm. So what, 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 is it, what, is, what is that role, appropriate role of protector and provider that gets skewed when it comes to uh, turning into domestic violence, demanding and controlling. Because we talked about it a well, little bit. You said something about birds of a feather uh, flock together. I wrote that down. And then you mentioned something about Dr. Ruth Bradford that I'd love for you to share if you can remember that. 
so Dr. Ruth Bradford was a um, she was a counselor at um, Grambling State University, but she she I, I came to know that because she owned the only club in Grambling, small town. And I was the house DJ for that club. And uh, so we were close through business, and I would always go over to her house on Sundays and have dinner. So, you know, we would always have, you know, heart-to-heart talks, and she would impart lots of wisdom to me. She was a very wise woman and very loving woman. And um, mm-hmm. and so we spoke about those sorts of things because sometimes at the, the nightclub you would see people getting beat. You, you'd see, some mm-hmm. you know, some guy on campus, you know, sophomore, junior, senior, you know, grab a young lady out of the line, you know, basically choking her at the neck and, you know, and and hitting on her and things like that. And, of course, you know, security would come in and stop, but it really wouldn't help because they would release the two of them off of the premises. Like, okay, both of you have to go. They don't don't take the young lady and drop her off at home. They wouldn't do that. So when you kick them off the premises and they're standing right next to each other and you kick them off the premises, do you not think that he's going to be a little more upset that he's now – been banned from the facility because yeah. he's, he's going to mm-hmm. blame her. Even though he's mm-hmm. the one that started, he's going to blame her. So now she's going to mm-hmm. get it even worse because now nobody's mm-hmm. watching. And and mm-hmm. some of the things that she, uh, you know, imparted to me, she said, well, honey, I want to give you this advice. If mm-hmm. ever, man or woman, if you're in a relationship and someone upsets you to the point where you even think contemplate. You've turned your back to them and you're walking out of the room and you're saying to yourself, I probably should have knocked her out. If if she's saying, I probably should have took this lamp and bust his head to the white meat. If someone upsets you to that point, Mm -hmm. to that point, even though you didn't act on it, if you thought about it, if you contemplated even for a millisecond, if you thought about it, Mm -hmm. walk out, don't look back, and don't ever come back. Because that person just proved that they have the capability of taking you to a point that you should never reach and you should never want to go to. And right. even if they didn't mean it, even if they didn't mean it, the next time you speak to them, it should be over the phone, not face-to-face. Tell them, hey, okay, right. well, look, I, I hear you. I accept your apology, but, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm walking away. And hopefully right. if you if you're sincere and genuine in your apology and, and – and, and uh, acknowledging your mistake, that you don't make this same mistake with the next person, but I am gone. You mm-hmm. won't have the opportunity to do it to me again or do it worse. Because right. I thought about knocking you out this time. Who's to say the next time I won't actually do it? Right, right. You know, won't so, knock you out. so the deal is, you know, what did our parents teach us when, they were, when we were growing up? You know, you had certain parts of town that you didn't go in. There were certain little neighborhoods that you couldn't play in. There were certain kids' homes that you couldn't go visit because that was a bad environment, and the parents knew it. So they forbade, you know, they forbade you to go. You said, no, you can't go on this side of town. That's, that's where all the, you know, it's the bad element. That's where the little kids who hang out in gangs and stuff hang out. They, you know, they jump on other little kids all the time. So, no, you can't go. And as adults, we need to be more responsible in, in recognizing when you don't need to go to that side of town, mm-hmm. you know, know metaphorically speaking, you don't need to go to that right. side of town. I know some women may be upset with me for saying what I'm about to say, but I'm gonna say it anyway because I think that <laughs> the truth shall set <laughs> the truth shall set you free. Um, I, I love was, these little disclaimers I, you give. 
I do. I have to because I don't want people to think that I'm just being um, appropriate because of the show. I'm just saying this to be cute on the show. I'm saying this really because it's the truth, and it's the truth even if I practiced it or not. And I'm going to tell you what not I did uh, was I was so I was so much more embarrassed to tell the truth, that I learned how to lie so well that when I told the truth to the people around me that I was being abused, nobody believed me. The closest people in my – they were like in shock because I had already put up so many walls and so many platforms to show the difference. I was so worried about the image because let me tell you what had happened. I had I was a good girl. I had waited until I was uh, married to have children. I had waited until we both had uh, uh, stability to go and buy this big, nice home in this gated community. I had two children. I was an at-home mom, and I was grinning on all of the pictures, and I sold that lie to everybody around me. So when I had a broken ankle and I had a chipped tooth, and I had run out of mat when I had to, I had to prove to them that I'm telling you the truth and, and and by God everybody believes the perpetrator. It took me having to damn all of the lies that I had and just become expressly transparent and telling the truth for anybody to help me. And that's what happens a lot with this honeymoon phase that happens with uh, abuse. Women don't want to go back mm-hmm. to that house, but they know that they would have to answer too many questions, and the perpetrator bids and banks on her lying again. He mm-hmm. he hopes to God that you don't tell nobody. And uh, one, one of the things is that they remove you from all of your closest allies for the mm-hmm. point of disconnecting you from that. And a lot of the times men are like, oh, and they don't say I'm going dis- to disconnect you from all your, your friends and relatives. What they say is, baby, I can take care of you. You mm-hmm. ain't got to work. Um, all I want you to do is have my children, and I want you to take care of us because I love you that much. And so when he blacks your eye, all he has to do is buy flowers to go in that nice crystal vase for you to say, hmm, he really didn't mean to knock me the hell out. He really was just trying to tell me that, you know, I did this wrong. Right, right, (laughs) right. So what, I I mean, because to me, I can can smell it. I can smell it on men when they um, do different things. Um, for women, this man comes in a nail shop choosing the color for his girlfriend, and it was cute for a lot of people, but that, that wasn't cute for me, and maybe I'm extreme now. Like, if you want her to get her nails done, that's fine, but do you really have to choose the shape and the color? Like, isn't that excessive? What is what is that in a man that has to have that level of control? Well, usually um, it's because he doesn't there – is, there is a part of him where there is no control. You'll find a lot of those men may be very successful, and, mm-hmm. you know, they're very accomplished. And in, in the public eye or in the local community, this guy is stellar. You know, I mean, he's he spit, you know, spit polished, you know, glistening, glossy, shiny. You know, mm-hmm. he has an impeccable reputation. And mm-hmm. – the, and, and as a sidebar, a lot of those women who are in those fairy tale marriages, those are the, the ones who wind up getting abused 
the worst because mm-hmm. they live this they live this fairy tale life in front of everyone else and they don't want that to come out and for this you know getting back to this guy that guy mm-hmm. has something in him that he has no control over and there is some mm-hmm. anger that is within mm-hmm. him that's coming from somewhere it, it doesn't it's not because oh i like the toilet paper under instead of over and she put it over so i need to beat her senseless today it's not that there right. is some anger somewhere within him in some deep dark dungeonous box locked up that mm-hmm. he does, he has not dealt with he has not come to terms with and it stays bottled up until he's able to find a release he can't release it at work because he'll get fired. He can't release it on the next guy because the next guy might knock him out. He can't just mm-hmm. go down the street, you know, hitting elderly people because he'll go to jail. So mm-hmm. he does it in the environment that he can control. He controls the home. He controls mm-hmm. her. That instant gratification of, you know, turn whether he slaps, talks, you know, whatever it is that he does – makes him feel better. He's empowered. And you'll find that there's somewhere, there, there is some weakness in them that when you look at them, when you find out what it is and where it comes from, if they ever go through counseling, when you find out where it actually comes from, you're scratching your head going like, really? You were tripping about that? That that led you to do all of this? Really? Because as a kid, your older brother got to pick, got to pick the ice cream all the time, and he always picked sherbet, and you hated sherbet. So... You felt you felt oppressed for the last sixteen years, so now you want to beat on your wife because you felt like you didn't have a choice. And, and then right. going in, selecting the when a guy, it's okay for a guy to select things for his wife or spouse or girlfriend. It is okay, but not, but not in 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 a extreme controlling sense. If she says, "Honey, what do you think? Which color? I can't decide. Or which one do you mm-hmm. like best? We're going out this weekend. I want to get my nails done." You know, which color do you like? I'll, you know, I'll get the color that you like this weekend, you know, and uh-huh. I'll you know, build an outfit around it, so on and so forth. Uh-huh. If that's the uh-huh. case, then great. But when he walks in and it's basically like, you know, he gives her a nod or a motion like, sit here. And he walks <laughs> up to the polish and he's standing there looking it over and asking questions. Of- that's what he did. I don't know where you went. Are you still there? Please still be there. I hope you did not. Yeah, you disconnected, Sean, so we're going to take a quick look. And before I go, just in case you can call back in, I don't know what happened to Sean, um, and I am on the line. Someone is trying to call me through Facebook. You know, I just hate that. I'll tell you something. Um, I think that he was right on because I think to an extent we have gone to a place where we, as women, particularly women who have been uh, hurt, who have been abused, uh, you know, those women, we have gone to a place where we're now trying to prove that you're not going to tell me what to do, which is not necessary. Like you, you don't, you don't have to do it to that extreme. And instead of being loving and caring, we have become hardened and we have become our own protectors. And I'm hoping that after I take this quick little commercial break, I can get Sean back because we're going to talk about what brought Sean to uh, his being able to be an advocate for women, uh, for women who suffer domestic abuse. Because, again, this is not just something that just happens with us. 
uh, it affects men as well. Quick commercial break. Right Listen, back. have you been right at the point of ready? Perfect shoes, perfect dress, perfect hair, perfect makeup, and you look a fool. Well, we're going to stop all that right now. Kevin Foster is the person for you. Aside from him being able to travel to you, being known for his white tape series, he offers a unique experience that's very, very inexpensive. It'll be worth the money that you spend. Prices start at 125 If you would like an appointment with Kevin, call 770-407-9025 to set an appointment. Tell Hello? him that the Emperor sent you. It's Instagram, yeah. Facebook, or on KFOS Photography. Tell him the Emperor sent you. I saw where you had right. dropped, and yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. I saw your number just go bloop, and it disappeared, and now know. you're here so... Now, yeah, it was, it, we're going to say it's the devil. We're going to say it's the devil because you was dropping knowledge. You was dropping knowledge on the people. And all in essence, I think we have already gone over that, you know, you if you got to demand something of someone, especially as an adult, because it, I almost liken it to people trying to treat adult folk like little children. If you have to treat them similarly, you know, I hate when I hear a woman say, ooh, my man acts just like a child. Baby, don't say that. Do not say that because what you're saying is you're taking your emasculine, emascul- that's another word that I don't, I don't say very well. You're emasculinizing him. You're making him less than, yeah, you're making him less than the man that he is. And one of the things, and I'm going to say these things about what women can stop doing, and then you can say the things that men can stop doing. If you can give me just uh, two points of that, and then we'll start the other portion of the show because we want to talk about you. We want to talk about a lot about what's going on, what brought you to these platforms and those sorts of things. But I want to say this to the women, and I usually say this at the end of the show, and we're going to try to cut this up. i got another hour, but I, I'm – I'm thinking that we, we're going to exhaust it because I want people to take home the, the nuggets of it. And the first nugget I want to say to the women is stop, say the word again, emasculinizing men. Stop emasculating, them, yeah. Yeah, stop calling them bitches. Stop telling them what they do not do because the thing is, is the role of men are to do things that we need them to do. As men, like I can't stand a woman who reads men their rights. A lot of people thought that that was my personality. No, I just know and I can understand when a man feels inferior, but it's not to me. It's to what I'm doing to myself and for myself because I don't have a man. So that's what I'm going to be made. It's not saying that you're not no man. You're just not mine because I'm doing the stuff that I have to do for my life. Uh, That's one. But two, Take responsibility for when you are wrong. Like, do not just keep your hands to yourself. If you if you expect that someone respect your temple, give you respect, don't call you out of your name. You have got to, that's just human. You do not do that to another person expecting the opposite. So, what do you think you gonna get if you bopping him upside his head? You're you're going through his things. You're disrespecting his place. He's going to be what he's naturally made out of, which is man, and he will always be able to be more man than you will ever be. So he's going to treat you like a, like I understand that going blind. Well, I've heard men say that they just lost it and they just went off. She want to fight me like a man, so I'm going to fight her like a man. I don't know how to fight like a woman. And when I heard a man say that, I was like, wow. 
he he's just going to be what he's made out of, which is masculinity. If you had two things that you got to tell the men that can keep them from being in domestically violent uh, situations, Sean, what are those two things, and what would they be? Learn how to identify a toxic relationship or a person who has the propensity to develop a toxic relationship. Those people are they're, they're blatantly obvious to the rest of the public. And mm-hmm. and when you find yourself in that situation, no matter how good she looks, no matter how good she sexes you, no matter no matter what she does for you, toxic is toxic. And all mm-hmm. it's going to do is just you know, it, it's like a you know a, a septic wound, you know, it's just going to get worse, it's going to grow. And it'll turn into necrotized fasciitis where the body starts to feed on itself and 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 it it will it will devour you from the inside out. Mm-hmm. That relationship will devour you from the inside out. And the people mm-hmm. who do that, the people who do that aren't happy with themselves. If you find a woman who is abusing a man or a man who's abusing a woman, they're not happy with themselves in some way, shape, right. or form. And they have to belittle or demean the other person to make themselves feel better. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. verbal, sometimes it's mental, sometimes it's emotional. A lot of the times it's physical, but they have to do something to someone else to make themselves feel better. And when you see that, when you become cognizant of being in a relationship with that person or being around someone like that, clear out. Clear out of Dodge. Mm -hmm. Surround yourself with positive people. Surround yourself Mm -hmm. with people who don't do that sort of thing. That's the Mm -hmm. first thing uh, for guys. Secondly, Mm -hmm. understand, you know, your power as a man. As a man, nine times out of ten, the average woman, you can, you could manhandle her. So what do you gain by manhandling her? What did you actually prove? You may, right. you may, have, you may have you know, put the fear of God in her because, you know, she was hitting on you, so you hit her one good time and knocked her out, and you're like, oh, darn, he actually hit me. But what if, she, what if that doesn't work for her? What if, what if she's one of those people who likes to fight because she wants Ooh, that attention yep. from you? So so now now you're knocking the hell out of each other, you know. And then at the same time, who's to say that when you get her, it's actually going to go the way you want to go? She could be like Sophia <laughs> from Color Purple. She could turn around and knock you out. So, you know, you never know. And, and, and so the violence is not the answer in any way, shape, or form. The answer is to leave. And if you are someone who has struck someone in the past, especially if you've done it multiple times, and, and mm-hmm. most definitely if you've done it with multiple people in multiple relationships, you need right. to seek help. You need to go right. talk about it, figure out what it is that's wrong with you. And, of course, it's human nature to live in denial. We don't want to say there's mm-hmm. something wrong with us. We want to point the finger at the next person. So mm-hmm. what you have to do for yourself is make yourself a priority first. Okay, this person has a problem. I understand they had a troubled childhood. They got nothing to do with me. Right. That has nothing to do with me. I don't like getting knocked upside the head. So while you go figure out what's wrong with you, I'm going to be over here making sure that I don't have any more concussions, detached retinas, black eyes, busted lips, chipped Mm -hmm. tooth, broken ankles, Mm -hmm. you know. That that I didn't mm-hmm. that I wasn't choked until I passed out. I'm going to ensure that this doesn't happen to me anymore. You go fix right. you, right? And you know right. I'll pray for you. I'll pray that God mm-hmm. works that out for you. But I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I need to, we need to tell them. We need to tell these younger people, particularly the girls, this happens in uh, dating. This happens way before marriage. This happens way before they even get out of damn high school now. There's, you know, he treat, he treats his mom real nice. Well, you know what? He, you're not his mama. And if he is not going to treat you well is all you need to be concerned about. You know, I need I like my teeth, and I want people to like their teeth. I want people to feel good about themselves to the point where, no, it is not okay for you to talk crazy because the person who will talk crazy will act crazy and will be crazy against you and on you. That's what I got to say about that. Now we're going to change the subject. Well, listen, let me tell you, I got a couple people on the phone still. I want to make sure before we go to something else that I'm not skipping something that they want to ask of Mr. Sean. So I will, again, ask you by the last four digits of your phone number if you have anything to say, if you've enjoyed the show, if there's something you wanted to add right before we start talking about something a little bit lighter, like poetry. 5909, are you there? 5909. Five nine zero nine are the last four digits of your phone number. If you'd like to say something, please say it at this time. I don't think they have nothing to say. I hope they're not afraid. And I should have had the domestic violence hotline number on written on one of these papers that I can't find. I mean, there are papers all over my little place right here. I can't get to them. I will post it on Facebook uh, and tag uh all of the places uh, with regard to this particular show. 8486, are you there? Do you have any questions for myself or Mr. Sean? I feel you breathing. 8486, are you there? I think we scared everybody. What's happening? Wow. Maybe not. No, I'm still here. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. Hey, I just here. called in to support my brother. This is Ashley, so I just called in to support my brother and support you and listening to the show. But y'all just hey, Ashley, how's it really going? Appreciate y'all. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah. So he was, I just wanted to support, him. and I'm glad y'all did this wonderful show. It was wonderful. He represented, didn't he, girl? He was. He, he did. Ahead, he showed he? out. Right. Yes, he did. Right. He showed and out. I, I and I can't wait y'all get to that poetry. Oh, baby, it's going to go down. It's going to go down. Don't worry about it. We is almost <laughs> there. We got one more caller, uh, 9488. You're on the air. Did you have any questions for myself, the Empress, or Mr. Sean? 9488. Last four digits of your phone number. Maybe not. They just want to hear you, Sean. Sean, they want to <laughs> hear you, honey. They want to hear what? It's going on in the shine. Now, I, I will admit that, you know, we can we can come off. We, I'm taking off my purple lipstick. We're not on domestic violence anymore, and I'm going to put on my ruby woo, and we're going to get uh, just straight up Mr. Sean. Mr. Sean, like Mr. Sean just dropped from out of nowhere, like straight from heaven. I put him on my, my women's page, and every woman in there was like, girl. Yeah, 
But I'm so serious, Sean. They were like, who is this? What is he about? And why don't we know who this is? And I'm like, he's a new friend of mine. He's a poet. He's uh, a man that's got a voice, and he don't mind using it. They're like, what you talking about? I said, well, you're going to have to dial into the show. And I didn't. I left it right there. I didn't say anything more. Now, my, my girl, Ashley, has already said, you know, she know what it's about. So tell us a little bit about Sean. Is it Bayon? Uh, it's Bayon, but Bayon is fine. It depends on which family member you speak to. Bayon, Bayon, <laughs> Bayon, if you talk to the Kunash, so <laughs> Tell me about you. Uh, I'm, from, uh, I'm a Louisiana native, uh, father of three. I've uh, been mm-hmm. a DJ for 28 years and a poet just as many years. I started when I was 14 uh, with both of them. Um, and Domestic violence was just, you know, it's something that, that uh, I'm very passionate about. So um, mm-hmm. with the pl- poetry platform that, that I'm in, I found that it was a good way to address those things, to bring them out. Because as a poet, when you're on stage, people are quiet. That's the mm-hmm. thing. You know, when you're in a rally, people are protesting and things like that. But when you're on stage performing, you have their attention. They're listening. Mm-hmm. They want to hear what you say, and they have no clue what you're going to talk about. So you can use that platform to speak about those things. You can you can talk about the atrocities. You can talk about, you know, the triumph. You can, you know, uh, give examples of how to get out of it. You can, you know, so many people can identify with it, you know, both male and female, from, from child to adult to elder. You know, mm-hmm. everyone has seen it in some way, shape, or form in their lives. And so, you know, using poetry as a as a springboard for that platform is just, you know, it, it just made sense to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your favorite so. writing type and style? Because I, I, I do have a couple of spoken word artist friends, and they the way that y'all use words just do – it does something to – the non-poet. I'm not a poet. I got a big mouth, and I talk a lot about a lot of different things, but the choice of words, like, what's your favorite type or style of poetry? I, I really don't have a favorite. That's I'm, a, I'm an oddity in that sense. I really don't have a lane, per se. I love, mm-hmm. I just love poetry in all forms, whether it's prose, um, Spoken word, rhythmic rhyme, haikus, I mean, all different forms of poetry. I love it all, and I will mm. sit there and write four or five different types of poems in a day. And it mm. and it really comes down to people tend to do what they're, they're better at, what they're comfortable with. Right. So some are more mm-hmm. into wordplay. Some are more into mm-hmm. metaphors. Some are into storytelling. Some are into mm-hmm. prose. And it just depends on that comfort zone for that person. But I... I, I I love it all, and I love challenging myself. So I'm very good with wordplay and metaphors, but I like doing the different styles that I haven't done yet, I haven't mastered yet, because I feel like if I continually work at the things I'm not good at, I'll eventually become good at everything I do. Ooh, that that sounds great. Now, wordplay is like extremely evident, and I've been asked to ask this on the show about the the P-H-U-C-K shirt that you have. And listen, I love, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm a, listen, I'm a church girl, and so to say the F word is bad, but this is not an F word, this is a P word, but how how do you say it the same way? Do you say it the same way? Yes, you, you say it the same way as you say the F word. Okay, but so it, I can, so I can the, say the, 
I can say, I can say food. I can say food. <laughs> I knew okay. that was coming. So, the, <laughs> so I actually, I actually shirt. wrote the, I, well, the, the shirt um, mm-hmm. actually was a, um, was necessitated by the, you know, the, the love for the poem. I wrote the poem, um, P-H-U-C-K is an acronym. You know, the P-H-U-C-K mm-hmm. stands for Place Your Heart Under the Game. Mm-hmm. So it was written in a style so that when I deliver it, the very first line, I say, fuck. And, and so, the, you know, the, the thing of this is to, you know, but it's P-H-U-C-K, fuck. It's not the F. Right. Exactly. So, so, yeah, semantics, it. right? But <laughs> but the whole point was the shock factor. So when I open up and I give that line, when I throw it, the first thing that people are going to do, like, oh, my God, you know, there are some who are going to be immediate. You know, some some are going to be immediately offended because they don't know where I'm right. going with it. Some are going to be like, "Oh, girl, that's what I'm talking about." Hey, you know. And others are like, some are going to be sitting there like, "Okay, well, let's 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 see where he's headed." And right. so it was meant to give you one to give you a shock factor to get your attention, and then yeah. because I give you the meaning of the acronym immediately behind that line. Right. Right. And so like, not, when I do it, then I was just gonna say, if you ever, ever come to Birmingham, Alabama, um, we are, you have got to do that. Like, cause I, I envision you walking up to the mic and <laughs> just like saying it like super hard, and then you know using words. I don't know. I, do you have any videos? Cause we've already reposted one and I wanted you to perform one of the two that I think you said were kind of sort of your maybe uh, most appropriate for this show expose reality you know you got a couple of people who said that they have fallen in love with you just from this post so like where did expose reality come from because it's not it's, it's not the it, it doesn't it's not the other one I can't I can't even bring myself to say it now because I feel condemned but it exposed reality was different. Like it's really different, and it was beautiful. Like where did that come from, and 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 how did you do it? And do you want to perform that one? I I don't mind performing it, but um, exposed reality was was basically how do you get a woman to understand to what extent you love her when you say you love them. So when you tell somebody I love you. What does mm-hmm. that mean? Mm-hmm. Because it means something different to everybody. I mean, and if you read the five love languages, it could be all over the place, right? right. It could be any one right. of those five or a combination thereof. And so when you say, I love you, and that person receives it and they say, oh, thank you, or I love you too, do they know what you mean when you say it? When you say, yes. I love you, doesn't mean I will walk out there and stand in front of a truck and get hit mm. to keep you from getting hit. Or does it mean that I will give you my last dollar? Does it mean that, you know, I'll stand with you till the end of time, even if we're broke? You know, does it mean any one of those, all of those, combination of those? Does it mean that, you know, I'll love you as long as you can provide the lifestyle that I want? Which which right. I, I think can still be valid. A person can love in that way. Right. It just might not be the way, you know, that you're cool with, but... What do you know? What does it mean when you tell someone you love them? And I think that, you know, women are very good at expressing themselves emotionally. And the guys get chided a lot for not ex- expressing themselves 
you know, emotionally, and, and a lot of the times they don't have the words to say it. So how do you say I love you when, when I love you does not cut the cake, you know, when, when, when it just doesn't do it? And and so, you know, Exposed Reality came out of that. It's basically a guy saying, I love you. You don't know how much I love you just yet. Mm-hmm. But when I'm done, you should know. Mm. Because I'm going to, you know, in, in, in the poem, he's basically saying, I'm going to give you all of these different ways mm. to tell you that I love you. Because I just said it, and you were looking at me like a deer caught in the headlights. You you didn't really get it, so I'm going to say it, right. you know, this way. And uh, so that's where the poem actually came from. It's so weird that you can find the words because most women, and I think I'm not speaking for all of them, and I'm definitely not speaking for the world of poetry and people to, people who are gifted with spoken word as yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't find many men who are able to <clears throat> articulate like this. You know, you don't find very many men who understand that women want to hear "I love you," but uh, you created a poem that shows the difficulty sometimes with just men being able to to get the words right uh, or translate those into action. Do, which which of the poems do you want to do? Because I want you to do whichever one because we spoke about Exposed Reality and also Among the Clouds. I did not see that one, <laughs> and I'm a little bit excited about it because I can only imagine because clouds mean heaven, which means beautiful, which means God. I don't know what that's going to be, but which of the two do you want to perform for us tonight? Well, well, we we we've talked up exposed reality quite a bunch, so I don't think it. Uh, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't do that. When I probably they probably hunt me down and hang me, hang me by the ankles if I didn't do it. Um, yes. So, okay. ex- exposed reality. Um, okay. If I ripped my heart from my chest and I placed it in your hands, would you finally understand me when I tell you that I can't even feel it beating? unless you're in my presence. And if being near you affects its rhythm and your touching me sends it racing, then to love you obviously has to be an invitation to fibrillation. And although we are contrast to one another, somehow we still complement each other. If opposites are magnetically attracted, then this love has to be blissfully bipolar. But since two objects cannot occupy the same space at the same time, now I'm on a mission to discredit physics to figure out a way we could be one together. And with no other way to say it, I want to take a scalpel and slice pretty right off of a doll. Some scissors snip lovely from a magazine, crop gorgeous from a photo, paste them together and hand them to you because telling you you're beautiful just doesn't quite cut it. You see, your every breath, your every breath is a meter in the cadence in the steps of your feet give rhythm to stanzas. Your body language gives content to verse. It makes me want to record you and play it back in high def so the world would know what poetry in motion is supposed to look like. Mm. And for one day, just one day, I wish that we could swap minds so that every single time you touch me, you can feel the spark you ignite run down my spine. Now, Ain't that the definition of striking a nerve? 
But if you'll allow me to be present to collect all of your tears, I promise to fashion them into crystal figurines to show you just how beautiful crying can be when there are tears of joy. And as I click through each and every photo in the timeline of your character, it makes me want to permanently change the status on your praise book page to read, She's Covered in Prayer. So who can go the farthest, love? Us or forever? Well, why don't we let the angels place those wages? And we can kick back and observe infinity unfold because commitment should never operate on anyone's watch time. And if the number seven means completion, I'll pray for guidance while on two knees. Get down and propose to you on one knee. If you say yes to me, we'll both get on our knees. Now, Adam up, do the math, and tell me if God won't bless what he sees. Expose reality. Soul poetry. Might have touched. And I ain't said nothing <laughs> Like that is just beautiful Like cause Oh my god I could just There's certain lines in there Like I like to read I like to read uh, poetry Do you have anything that's bound Or do you have anything that you'd like to uh, uh, Tell us to go Like go to this website Do you have any platforms that you want to Let us know about Particularly with your art so right now, uh, I actually have all of the content finished for my first uh, poetry book. It's done. We're working on the graphics right now. And uh, the book is titled Intimacy Unchained. It is about the, the, the intimacy that exists between man and woman in relationship. It's not sexual. Uh, that's going to come later. We'll, we'll get to the dirty stuff, you know, another volume down the line. But okay. but this one is everything. This one is everything that makes up a relationship outside of sex. It is, you know, the holding of hands, the talking, the communication with, without words, the, you know, the, the romantic things we do for one another. And then the things that we don't consider romantic that are just um, a, a show of reciprocity or appreciation mm-hmm. for the person we're with. You know, when you're at home and she, she's washing clothes, she folds them and puts them on the couch and she's sitting there watching TV. Well, if you're not doing anything, sit down and grab some towels, buddy. Start folding the towels. Right. If he's outside putting a tune-up on your car, then come outside periodically and just check on him to make sure that the jack didn't give way and he's not crushed. Offer him a sandwich or, you know, a bottle of Gatorade or something while he's doing what he's doing to you. You know, show that appreciation for her. Um, Just do the things that we were taught to do, the same things that, you know, men and women see in movies and in novels and, you know, rom-coms or romantic comedies, you know, mm-hmm. those things that they go, ah, well, do those things. Don't see them and say, ah, do them. You know, you know, fellas, go help. You know, and, and it's, I mean, of course they, the women can't answer, right? We can't put everybody on, but I, I would ask this of all women. Close your eyes and picture yourself riding in the car with your man. You got your seatbelt on. You both are going to go to dinner. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be some $300 dinner, dinner for two uh, restaurant, but you're going to dinner with your man, and he reaches over and he grabs your hand, and your hands are clasped 
together the whole way, all the way to the restaurant. How do you feel? Mm. Just ask Thanks. yourself that. And and that's what intimacy unchained is about. It's about those things. Those things mm. that are unsaid, that get that, that get looked over but they mean so much. She's washing dishes, you walk up behind her, wrap your arms around her waist, pull her to you and her back is against your chest and she just tilts her head back and lays it on your collarbone with her eyes closed. That is intimacy. And that is some of the most potent forms, you know, of intimacy that you can run across. Because mm. anybody can talk dirty, anybody can, you know, do sexting, anybody can send flowers. But right. do you do those little small, subtle things that just do it for one another? Right. He's that, outside that cutting you. grass, he comes sit down. I mean, does she rub his back or his neck, mm-hmm. you know, or scratch his head, you know? Yeah, things like that. So that's what you know. That's what it's about. The first one is. I'll get dirty on the next one. Okay. How can people get in contact with you for your spoken word, for your DJ, just to uh, connect with you uh, by social media? Okay. So they can look me up on Facebook on my uh, my poetry page, which is Midas M I D A S Touch T O U T H Poetry. Um, all separate words. They can also find me uh, on the group page of Soul Poetry. It's team I'm on. Yes, Soul Time. We are. My team is incredible. Soul Poetry. That's S O L hyphen Poetry. And you can find us on there. You can book us through there. The uh, the VP is Cayenne Nebula. She is a phenomenal, phenomenal poet. She is my big sister, and 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 guides me through all of this stuff. No matter how unruly I get. Uh, <laughs> You can also follow me on Twitter, uh, which is Midas Touch the Poet, all one word. And you can follow me on Instagram, which is Midas, M-I-D-A-S, underscore, touch, underscore, poetry. Midas Touch Poetry. All of which you can you can find if you go to my uh, my Facebook page, which is Midas Touch Poetry. So you can get all of those there. Hmm. So you have lots of ways to get in contact with you. We can also find that T-shirt there, too, as well. Is that correct? Because I've already been yes, asked you can, you can, now, now twice. You can find the T-shirt there. Uh, we're, we're in the process right now of setting up an online store, so you can just order. We're, we're doing them manually now. So if you want one, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take the information and we'll mail it to you. But we're setting up an online store so that it becomes automated so that you can – order them and there will be other shirts coming down the line there's uh the the phuck obviously and it's place your heart of an, under the care of a king if you go to the site you can see it um i thought it was really great design i love the concept you know that we came up with for it and the, the next one will be uh there's a lion in the room which is uh, my signature piece and uh so that that speaks to the the masculinity of of the man and, and who he should be as a father, as a leader in the workplace, um, in the face of adversity, in the face of racism, in, in, in the face of oppression, who should he be and who is he? In recognize, you know, recognizing his strength and his power, who is he? And and you know, the thing is, the the line is, there's a lion in the room, and my presence threatens you. 
there's a lot of when you're a confident male and you walk in, you're the alpha male. When you walk in, immediately there are people who are uneasy around you because right. they don't know how to handle you. But you have to recognize that you have that power within in order for you to, you know, enact upon it. So um, lying in the room, is, is it's, a very, it's a very motivating piece. It's, one, it, it, it's like a, if Lil John wrote a poem, <laughs> you know, let's get crunk. It's, that's what it would be. It's, let's get crunk, you know, as, as, as yeah. a black man, let's get crunk. You know, let, let's yeah. be who we are and let's let them know that we know who we are. It, it's not it's Ooh. not belligerent, it's not warfare, it's not hatred, it's not right. any of those things. Right. It's just saying, I know who I am and I know that you know who I am. Mm. So you can stop mm. the charade of acting like I don't make you afraid because you are. That's the reason you act right. out because you're scared. And and that's oh. what it's about. So that shirt will be coming down the line as well. I I I'm getting that shirt. Well, I thank you so much for coming on to the Empire. That was Mrs. Sean, baby. Mrs. Sean, baby. Oh, goodness. What's the long button, honey? What's the long button, honey? Listen, we have had it all the way from domestic violence to just heavenly bliss. And you know how we do it, a quick commercial break right quick when I can find it on here, do a little commercial break. And I think that was almost a perfect way to end the show, but I got a few more minutes, so I'm going to go in. Are you tired? Are you sick and tired? Are you just plain done? Well, that's where I am, and we're going to change things. Here on The Empire, we change by informing, organizing, and doing things that really make a difference. If you have an organization or a program that is for the betterment of the human experience, that's where we're going to start. To be a part of this movement, please contact me. I am the Empress Cooper on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or email me at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com. Or just hit me up on my website, www.TheEmpress.com, where the Empress speaks and the Empire listens. Listen, I know that change won't just happen overnight. But nobody's going to change this but us. When I tell you that tonight we were talking about domestic violence, domestic abuse, sexual abuse, uh, intimacy issues, we've gone from there recognizing what those signs and symptoms are. Uh, Maybe you didn't even know that you were in that place, but I think it's kind of ironic kind of blessed, kind of just in order, that Mr. Sean just kind of ended the show in talking about the lion being in the room. Um, It's the opposite of the elephant, okay, being in the room. When the elephant's in the room, everybody knows it's there, and ain't nobody going to say nothing. We're going to just act like it's not there. It doesn't help the situation because the elephant is in the damn room. But when the lion enters the room, you being a lion, and see, I'm a Leo. See, he had no idea that he was talking to the empress who happens to be a lioness, because I understand totally the the responsibility that we have as particularly black women and men, but of human beings, period, of knowing who you are, what your capabilities are, what you're made out of, what your responsibilities are. And it's, it, it applies to our topic tonight. Domestic violence is not an excuse. It's not something that we can act like it's an elephant, it is here, it affects you, whether or not you're the victim 
or the perpetrator because every victim and every perpetrator has a mama, daddy, sister, brother, coworker, church member. Uh, you know, it, it, it's going to affect you, and to not address it, uh, it will come back to you. Like this is the community thing that you have to understand. Whatever part it plays in your life or not, it becomes a part of a bigger picture, whether that picture is uh, of, of your home solely. If it doesn't get fixed there, that deficit goes into your workplace. If it doesn't go into your job because you ain't got one, it's going to go into someone else's home or relative. When you know who you are, there are certain things you're just not going to allow. It's just the mode of the lion, period. You know, you can talk about being an alligator. You can talk about being a, a Pisces, all that other kind of stuff you're talking about. But the lion is not the king of the jungle for no reason. He demands a certain respect because he knows his capability. You are never going to see a lion running from a damn sheep. Uh, not even an alligator. Now, they might go at it for a while, and sometimes they'll retreat because some things are just not even worth the bloodshed. But with regards to domestic violence, once you understand the value that you have in yourself, who you are, why you're here, what you have to offer, even if it's just to your home, because everybody's not going to move the masses. Everybody's not going to save the children. Everybody's not going to have this big platform of influence. I didn't anticipate to do that either, but I know the truth is this. Had I not found myself, found my lioness, because I'm not a boy, I'm a lioness, had I not, I would have reciprocated a problem that I lived in, that my mother's mother probably lived in, or that they brought from other influences in their lives. What I was able to do is make a choice that I was important enough just to my damn self, not to nobody else, because that's the thing about the line. They know who they are, and they don't really have to prove anything to anybody outside of themselves. Once you prove to yourself that you're worth it, you won't even accept being treated any way less. That's why you see some of these damn lions turning on some of these trainers, because they recognize that you're a damn man. I'm a lion, okay? If I want to... I can eat you if I want to, but when you take away and you beat away that person's will by submission, by humiliation, by uh, actually literally physically hurting them by burning, choking, grabbing, punching, throwing away, you, you chip away at the reality of what that person really is, and they will believe that they are the sheep. You walk around with a damn mane on, but you acting like a sheep, like you have to wake up. And, and 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 I know that you know majority, and I'm not going to even you know smooth over that domestic violence is something that you can just wake up and then it's going to be over because it took me almost 15 years to realize that I actually participated in some of this. Now I never fought back, I never even initiated fights, but allowing someone to be okay with treating you poorly is a cosign. You know, some people's payoff is uh, financially, I ain't got no job. I didn't have that excuse. I had just as much education as he had. And I'm not making him a villain. I'm just telling you the experience that that I was rescued from because he was he is a great father. He is a great son, I'm sure, to his, his mother, a great brother to his sisters and brothers. But listen, 
for me as a husband, he was not what I needed. For me as a friend, he was not what I needed. And because of that, I allowed being treated poorly. I allowed being hit. I allowed being choked. I allowed all those things. And it took me to the point of not being able to cry for help at all before I woke up. Some people don't. Some people die. Just in my hometown probably two, two or three weeks ago, a husband and wife separated. Everybody knew they were domestic, but nobody thought that he was going to clock out of his job, drive to her employment, and shoot her in the back of her head and then turn the gun on himself. So now we have two children without parents over some things that everybody knew about. And see, some people don't want to get involved in other people's stuff, but other people's stuff is exactly what brought a 20-year-old person to a college campus to shoot up a whole bunch of people. It may not have been this intimate, uh, uh, desperate um, killing spree because of a, of a mate, but it happens all the time. It happened just a week, uh, maybe two weeks ago, where there was a love affair that happened exactly like that, and you see, dead is still dead. All of the details don't really matter, but this is about control. This is about trying to force someone to do something they don't want to do, and I think the best and the most sound advice came from Mr. Sean tonight saying that when you have the thought, because that's where everything else generates from, what your mind says is what your body is going to do. Like, if your mind say move, that's what you're going to do. And if you concentrate or you're able to mentally uh, articulate, I wish I could beat her to the white meat show, at a certain point, given a certain set of conditions, that may actually happen. And then what do you have? You have a death sentence sometimes. You have, like my sister in Georgia who's now finally gotten uh, the man who threw acid on her because he was pissed. She's cooking for him. He threw acid on her, ate off half of her face. She's had 17 surgeries just to survive and for the rest of her life because of the regular circumstances of domestic violence. You don't recognize that you are at the brink sometimes of death. There are people who did not survive. You know, and I, I, I'm lucky enough to say that I did, and instead of me being silent about it, I've decided to become a spokesperson for those who can no longer speak for themselves. I am in no way trying to damn anybody into being this monster, but you are giving one life just like you're giving one mama. You have one chance sometimes to make some decisions, and if it don't fit, just walk away from it. I'm not going to say don't acquit don't because that, that don't even apply to this. That was domestic too. But if it's, not, if it's not what you absolutely need in your life and it's something that you're having to force to make happen, it, it's, it's not meant to be. You are not going to make a square peg go into a round hole. If someone wants to be with you, it should never hurt. Love doesn't hurt like that. Your feelings can get hurt, but someone purposely doing things to cause emotions of hurt, despair, humiliation. That's not love. So you can stop saying that. We had a love show the other night talking about what love is, and and some women actually think he can't love me if he don't cuss or, you know, fight a little bit. That's that's craziness. We need to understand what we're saying and, and what we're absorbing into our lives. Now, I, I kind of got that out of my system. It's just the first day of October. We got a whole lot of days to come. 
hopefully we're going to have a breast cancer talk. I have a couple of friends who have survived it, and a lot of people just try to think, oh, it's just everybody got has cancer. Cancer is not necessarily a death sentence, and neither is domestic violence, but it can be if it goes unchecked. I mean, the same things that I can say about domestic violence tonight and its overall view and positioning, you can say it about cancer. I mean, early detection, you can not have to have a mastectomy. There are medications that can help slow and help, and help resolve some forms of cancer. There are curatives, but if you just act like you're just not going to pay any attention to it. And ironically, men sometimes, the partners of the females, are the ones who find the breast cancer in the women. That's amazing to me, but we don't go around touching our breasts a lot. They usually do. So they notice sometimes a lot more early than women that there have been some breast changes. But before we do any more domestic violence shows and any more uh, breast cancer awareness shows, I've been asked to do shows about uh, about cougars. And, you know, I just don't know because I'm, I'm just totally against it. I think you need to be on the same wavelength. I think you need to have somebody on your team that at least has been on the earth as close to yours as, as they can. But, you know, one of the things I do want to say uh, before we end the show, that show is possibly coming up on Sunday. Not sure if I'm going to be in town, but we're going to try going to try to do that show on Cougars on Sunday. But one of the things I do know that would help is if women would just uh, stop. And I'm talking particularly to the women because I am one. I can't see for the men. Sean did that tonight. I think that we have got to learn when to just shut up. Like, And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying we do a lot of talking sometimes, and before we know it, we've said something that has actually totally killed the spirit or pulled off a little piece of the skin of the spirit of that man. If you would just shut up sometimes and listen and try to hear him, because usually if he's talking, you're getting some stuff that, that may not even be that often. Like, I, I had a very quiet um, ex-husband, so I'm absolutely drawn to people who can articulate, you know, what they're feeling and what they're saying. So it's amazing to me that, uh, and I didn't, you know, I knew that Mr. Sean was a uh, uh, an advocate for the protection of women children and had a special interest into domestic violence, but I learned that he was a poet after the fact, and I think it says something for someone able to articulate clearly, articulate in ways that you didn't even think, use words that you didn't even think, but women, we talk a little bit too much, so we're going to end the show with this song, and I hope that you don't take it straight to heart, but take it to purpose.
them things that couples do when in love, you know, walks on the beach and stuff, you know, things that lovers say and do, I love you boo, I love you too, I miss you a lot, I miss you even more, that's why I flew you out when we was on tour, but then something got out of hand, you start yelling when I would break plans, even though I had legitimate reasons, you know I have to make them dividends, bullshit. How could you tell some private eyes, girl? That's why you don't believe my lies and quit the session. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. We try to make it slow, but we're still losing control. And we try to make it work, but it still ends up the worst in a prison. Make it laugh. Why is it that you just lose control Every time you agree on taking it slow So why is it got to be so damn rough Cause fools and lust could never get enough of love Showing the love that you be giving Changing up your living for a loving transition So listen, listen, trying to get you to listen Humanity to the has become our tradition You yell, I yell, everybody else Got neighbors across the street saying Who the hell, what the hell is going down Too much of the bickering, killer with the sound And
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.